Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, my name is John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes is the band Verk and producer Brett Cox. Verk hail from Reykjavik in Iceland. They formed in 2013 when lead singer Margaret Rann and sax player Andri Marr decided to collaborate and enter the influential Music Till Rónir. Apologies for mispronunciation, any Icelanders listening. It's the annual music contest. Past winners have included the likes of Mammut and Of Monsters and Men. In a few weeks, they had come up with an array of new tracks and ended up winning the contest. This triumph led to the release of their debut EP, Tension, through the Icelandic label Record Records. The band was now a three-piece, with the addition of Olafur Olofsson on guitar and bass, and a few years later became four when Ina Stefansson joined on percussion. They toured Europe extensively, winning many fans along the way, and catching the attention of Network Music, who immediately signed them for an international record deal. In 2017, they released their debut album, Figure, and the success story continued as a three-piece following Olafur leaving the band in early 2018. Brett Cox is one of the UK's most exciting new producers. His experimental style, fusing electronic and real-world elements, earned him a nomination for the Music Producers Guild Award 2017 as Breakthrough Producer of the Year, having won Breakthrough Engineer in 2016. A graduate of the prestigious Tonmeister course, Brett spent the early part of his career engineering for Brit Award Mercury Prize-winning producer Charlie Andrew, working with the likes of Alt-J, Sivu and Marika Hackman. In 2016, Brett co-produced Jack Garrett's debut album, Phase, which landed at number three in the UK and was the third biggest selling debut record in the UK that year. Since working with Jack, Brett has produced several artists, including Tusks, Little Grimm and Verk's album, Figure, which won Best Electronic Album at this year's Icelandic Music Awards. I'm joined by Margaret and Ina from the band and producer Brett Cox to talk about their work together on the album Figure. And what better way to start that conversation than to hear something from the album? It is Polar by Verk from the album Figure. I'm John Kennedy and I'm sat here backstage at Oslo in Hackney in London where Verk will be performing tonight. And I'm very pleased to say that uh, we have two of Verk here. We've got Einar and Margaret. 
and sat beside them is Brett, Brett Cox, who helped produce the Figure album with the band, and that's why we're here, sat backstage. Um, there's lots of humming in the background, which we're trying to work out whether it's air conditioning or a chilly unit, um, but that's the, the, the atmospheric background. So Figure, the album came out in April 2017, and I guess it was the culmination of a, a number of years of Verk working mm-hmm. towards getting an album done. Yeah. How did you start working with Brett? Our uh, manager kind of introduced us to him, and yeah. uh, we did like uh, we did like a session with him in September uh, 2016. I think we yeah, did the first one in July. Or was yeah, it in July? I came okay. to Iceland for the first oh, yeah. time. Yeah, and then you sent over "Show Me," which mm-hmm. I think is the first song we're gonna listen to. Yeah, just all the stems, and I mixed it from here, and yeah. I think. You we guys. had we, we sent it out to Copa. well we didn't send it but Giz kind of sent it out to a few producers yeah and um, and yours one was the most sexy one <laughs> 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 I remember yeah. Giz saying that <laughs> our manager how, how had you been recording before I, I kind of assumed that you'd been doing a lot of it yourself or selves yeah I mean it, we we demo a lot. And, uh, to a really high level as well, like it mm. sounds really good. Did you have anything to go on in terms of uh, like how the song was meant to sound or how they wanted it to sound? Yeah, I had, like well, I had the the demo and like they the, the stems were like taken far, and then I sort of just sat in my room with it for uh, a few days, mm. weeks probably, um, yeah. just tweaking and like adding some like more real things, like some percussion, like just hand claps. Um, Actually, I've like flicked my watch on it, right? Um, wow. And like put some nylon guitars and just sort of, yeah. I thought I think everything was sounding really cool. Like the 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 majority of the song was really solid, and it was sort of just like bringing it to life because it was sort of was a bit quite electronic and yeah. maybe yeah, fairly like static. So <laughs> may, maybe we should have a listen to what you had been sent and um, in its demo form. Yeah, it's really cool. I really loved the roads. I guess it sort of felt quite like dancey to me, like sort of four to the floor um, at yeah. this. And I think I, f- I felt that the like vocal effects were really cool, but they were maybe stopping an intimacy that could be there with the song, like this like dark edge. So that was sort of how I started. And then this is sort of the chorus and sort of I didn't feel the lift yeah. for, a, for a section, I sort of felt that it was sort of has stuck to the pre-chorus. I don't know whether about your writing process, whether you sort of get a cool beat and then loop it and sort of mm-hmm. sing over it and that sort of becomes your demo, I think. Is mm-hmm. that fair? Yeah. It gets a bit loopy, yeah. I mean, when you went to then work with the band, did you use all those stems or did you get things re-recorded or was the mix that you did what ended up on on the album or was that just lit like a um a, a display of your your skills 
So yeah, I think initially I, I just used what I was given and then the bits that I recorded myself. Then Giz phoned up and he was like, the band really like your mix. I was like, great. Um, and he was like, is, is it finished? And I was thinking he was like being a normal manager being like, cause I want to put it out. And I was sort of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it, but I'd kind of think we could get like a, you know, a more intimate, like more sexy vocal. Um, I think that the middle eight sort of section doesn't really work for me and I'd like to address that. And I was like kind of playing it down thinking he was going to be like, oh, well, how quickly can you get this done? But instead he was like, good, because if you said it was finished, you wouldn't have got the job. <laughs> it's always testing. Always testing. God, that's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> so, so he was anticipating that it did need some more work and that you should be working together on it not just you know separated by miles of yeah atlantic ocean yeah exactly and, fish. and and i wanted to put some drums on it and things yeah, yeah. so <laughs> um so they decided to reduce the atlantic ocean and fish between us for a, a trial session which right. meant that i got to go out to reykjavik right which was sick so this is summer 2016 yeah is that right so and that was a, an initial session did, how much did you get done did you work on one song did you work on a, a few songs just, just this one, right? right. They were just showing me at that yeah. point. Yeah, right. I think so. Um, we sort of, I think we sort of started exchanging demos and talking. But yeah, I think I was out for two days. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the plan was just to get this done so we could release like a single in autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While we were working on the rest of the, the album. Mm. Because uh, up to this point, you had put out two EPs and... and a few other tracks so so in your minds you were thinking we need to we, we need to continue the momentum by putting out a song yeah. but what we're really doing is working towards our debut album and getting that sorted so I guess you were looking for um, a relationship yes. <laughs> with someone who would help you realize that you no know, and that you could w- continue to work with rather than work with a few different people um, so you were kind of testing Brett <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, the, in that little first encounter in the summer of 2016. And so by the end of that visit, um, you, did you re-record Margaret's vocals then? Yeah. yeah. We went to a, a studio that a the friend of mine and like a former mentor owns. And I, I kind of asked him if we could try to spend a day there and record something. And they, they were out of town at the time. So he was like, yeah, it's no problem. And it, one of the most beautiful things about Reykjavik because we ended up spending like two two and a half months out there Mm -hmm. just like the community out there is so strong where you know people have studios or like really nice gear that people are just willing to to share essentially and it's sort of it's really close-knit and you know at some point somebody would be borrowing Einar's drums so we couldn't track drums but um and then at another point I think we went to a studio and had a whirly and really enjoyed it. And then the next time I came out, I know I was like, oh yeah, this guy's had a Rhodes and he said we can just use it for the next month. And we're like, okay, sweet. So we just like ended up stacking up keyboards everywhere or like, yeah. 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 We had a good set- setup. It was so good every time. So I sort of flew out three times and every time there was another keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> the the be- best thing that I think that happened for me was getting this uh, this vintage drum kit. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I there was a there was a guy advertising this seventies Yamaha drum kit for like a ridiculous price, and I was like, oh my god, I want to get it. And 
just like rang him up right away and mm-hmm. went and got it and like Brett's finally letting me play drums I can <laughs> like go and buy a drum kit <laughs> like, like being in an electronic band and trying to be a drummer and everyone's like don't want to hear this acoustic kick drum <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah Brett was a real real blessing <laughs> guys give him a chance <laughs> it's interesting isn't it because it does add a different quality to some of the recordings you know having that acoustic drum kit as well as you know the program beats and and everything else so with show me that weekend or whatever, however long you had in in Reykjavik that time so did you end up finishing the track then or in that instance so we finished the majority of it except for that middle eight that came to be a demon. Yeah. It was a difficult, <laughs> <laughs> a difficult Margaret, I, I was surprised Margaret still wanted to work together. Like, <laughs> she's like, that fucking middle eight. Middle eight, why does he want the middle eight? What is that? <laughs> so I, I, I'm interested in hearing how Show Me progressed from the demo um, sure. that we heard and and you know which elements would illustrate the changes that you initiated. Like the middle eight is obvious. I'm just going to start playing it. Mm. The the new version um, which is like so starting off with that much closer much more deliberate um, vocal sort of it was mostly stripping stuff back at the start to just bring people in a bit more Mm. and then just um, the beats the same but treated differently essentially at the start And then, so at that point, it's where I started bringing in these echo shuffle percussion to move everything along to feel like this is more, it's not just kick and snare, but it's got like the shuffle yeah. um, around. And did you it. explain to the band that those little sounds were just you flicking your watch? I probably and, didn't. And I was yeah. like, no, I got a percussionist in. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, how did you create that? <laughs> And then this sax break wasn't in the original either. Um, so Andre plays sax, and um, but the sax is such a, a key element to Verk you know, mm. in a way. It's it's, it's one of your unique um, aspects. Yeah, I think the sax was a was a key element to to Verk, but also something you slightly wanted to move away from when yeah. when I started working with them. I think um, that was yeah. We weren't going to have it like a main focus and no. like yeah so we were gonna move a little bit from it but it was like it was used really uh, nicely as like a background you know on this on this album yeah i hope so yeah, yeah. sort of like a smoky yeah just texture again sort of it was maybe like replacing a synth that sounded quite electronic to me and I was like, if we build this up with layers of Andre, it was like, it's not a sax part, but it's like a sax pad mm-hmm. that has more life, like more inconsistencies and more, yeah, it just, it's, yeah, yeah, it was recorded in a room sort yeah. of thing. So A sax pad. I don't yeah. think I've ever come across <laughs> a sax pad before. Come over to my yeah. sax pad, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, adding, adding a bit of life, like around it I think I recorded an acoustic guitar which I, st- I still think is maybe a weird I've never soloed this before though 
Yeah, this line is really weird, Brett, but yeah. it fits really well <laughs> into the song. <laughs> and I kind of thought that this was going to be the thing that, like, didn't get me the the job with the electronic band work was putting nylon guitars on their choruses <laughs> without asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they emerge on a few tracks on the album. So do you not use guitars at all, or have you not used them up until this point? Never like, an acoustic. I could never acoustic, no. Yeah. No. So... Yeah. Uh, so he was, <laughs> but you were open to this, you know. Thought actually that works really well. It sounds nice. Yeah. You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. After the successful uh, trip to Reykjavik um, and the recording of Show Me and the homework that um, <laughs> Brett left the band to work on. So you decided to reconvene in the autumn or, or and this was in London. The band came out to London to float on the river and yes. try and record some more songs. So which ones did you work on next? Which, what, what, what do you want us to listen to now? In um, terms of how so I thought maybe we'd jump to hiding. And so this time you had how long you know, to start working on these tracks? Or was this just another few days? This was another weekender. Right, yeah. right. And then, yeah, the, the actual main block started a couple of weeks later. Yeah, it was like a really, um, some of the album I just, just finished was really strict deadline. And this was much more like we're, we're in Einar's like home studio, which is really cool space. It's really like high ceiling and really beautiful. Um, Einar's mum is an artist. And so some of her work was like in the, in the corner. She, I think she let us move in. Yeah, like yeah. So she had to move all her stuff aside, but <laughs> like there was like painting things in the corner and just a cool sofa, and we were like, "Cool, we've got a big list of songs, and let's just sort of start throwing paint at the walls and 
and really experiment with with things because there was less time pressure mm. than yeah and in terms of writing for Verk, i mean you were playing demos to brett and obviously we heard the demos for show me it's pretty accomplished isn't it you know it's almost realized um how do you go about writing these songs and you know do they start with the words that you sing margaret or do they start with atmospheres that you build on or as brett suggested earlier get a loop and, and build around that i mean the demo that you hear the show me the first one that's kind of like how i do it i like that's the, just a demo that i recorded and i made made the beat so it usually starts with that just a beat some kind of a vocal melody i have my own minion language <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah um that's that's kind of, and then we like meet up and build upon it so i think right. the minion language is for <laughs> instead of lyrics yeah right yeah. so a lot of the yeah. lyrics yeah, were yeah, yeah later in the process <laughs> yeah that, yeah so they're just sounds to yeah. create a a rhythm or a, a feel yeah and then you can take them any way you want to no, exactly. I get develop them, I suppose. So when you first started working on Hiding Bread, I mean, what had you heard at that point? I don't know if I'd actually heard the demo when we started working on Hiding, but we went to a gig in Kex, yeah. which is like a yeah, venue in, in Reykjavik where Einar works. And after, after the gig, while like you were packing away and we were waiting to leave, like just having a couple of beers and stuff, Margaret sat at the piano and played hiding on this like out of tune just like piano in the corner of this gig venue and i was like that's that's a, an atmosphere yeah so we, we took a a mobile rig much like this one um i set up a few mics around the piano and margaret played it in kex and there was people like there are now like down I in the bar really expensive uh, mics from my school oh yeah you did yeah, yeah we went for it yeah so that was the first thing that you recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, so then they then they had sort of a few demos for this song. Yeah. Um, I think that I suggested that we use two different demos and glue them together. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a dancier one and a low down one that we sort of moved to. Uh, so can we hear um, this this Kex recording then? Yeah. And I think while we were doing it, there was, um, they, they were setting up for this film, um, which... It was like a film premiere happening in the room that they had forgotten to tell us about. So they were like, oh, forgot to tell you that there's this film happening in like two hours. So you got two hours, uh, better make it fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which so. doesn't seem conducive to this really mellow, um, kind of slow piece you know suddenly you're like oh we've got to do this slow thing really fast to get <laughs> yeah i think we had we had plenty of time it was it was kind of fine but i recorded them setting up as well yeah. which is this sort of noise in the background which is yeah can everyone hear it sort of bleeds in a bit with mm. the with the air con i think yeah so you can hear the voices yeah so they were in there talking away um yeah while uh, Margaret was sort of sat at the piano just like playing something super beautiful um, with just like distant mics. So the mics to record this 
mm. uh, right beside the piano, and then you've got other mics to record the rest of the room. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think we we borrowed some eighty sevens and sort of had those up really close on the on the mallets, and then some river mics out in the room, just sort of capturing the space, Margaret's creaks and that sort of thing, and yeah, and the people chatting in the background. <laughs> so, recording the the piano and the yeah. sounds that were in Kex that day um, and then did you sing did you do a vocal take while there or d- it was no. just the piano just you recorded piano. it's just yeah. the piano yeah. um, because I sort of also wanted to send all of the like different piano notes and bits off into delays mm. so it sort of spins out instead of just we I, I sort of chopped up some little notes that I really liked like that didn't we record in the the birds in greenhouse studio we did record the birds yeah. so that's when that's when we were um recording vocals in in greenhouse so another studio and we were there really late at night i remember sort of just lying on the floor while you were singing um it's just a really nice space to be in in the control room it sort of all just looks out across Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. yeah because yeah and the birds were really broody yeah they were going nuts yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember great. that moment. That was a good moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah. That vocal was just about getting Margaret to feel really like Margaret's a, an incredible singer. So you can always get her to sing any time. <laughs> I think Thanks, like man. yeah. So it's just about really getting the setting mm. right to make that. You know, we had the the piano felt like that, and we wanted the vocal to feel like that too. I think so. We should probably hear how the soundscape was built and then hear the vocal so in in the demo they had um a guitar part um that did this and it i put it through a delay off onto one side and there's a little skip in it that the dinner um that really made me think of like um steve reich Mm. and that sort of quite minimalist thing so i think together with Ole, who was the guitarist at the time, and we came up with a few like counters that like built up. So it was sort of this little, in the background, um, different parts that, so there's, was this one. And this one as well. So when they all came in together and then introducing them slowly, like a piece of GCSE minimalist coursework. <laughs> ambience as well so this is your ambience the sort of time stretched something yeah yeah this is just like a native instrument plug-in something i just really think it's i think it's uh what is it called oh god i don't remember but native instrument yeah <laughs> it really fits with the song. It does, though. yeah. <laughs> that sounded great. 
a good thing because he is in the band. <laughs> <laughs> he just really wants to join us, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> there wasn't enough sax on the album. This is how he gets back. Um, and then Margaret had the ooh. get a bit of a Pocahontas-y vibe. <laughs> I love Pocahontas. I will try to make it real I will follow my own appeal Cause we can do what no one can We realize it is so down to us And then I think after establishing this sound world we then swapped to the other demo that was really dancey and sort of a bit more electronic and that was them just changed the vibe in the middle of the song to just, yeah, yeah. Mm. at this point like Aina in greenhouse drumming on the on the congas yeah we had congas and we had like all these weird there was like a big box of percussion stuff that we just played around with and yeah yeah it's a bunch of little noises and in terms of finding the meaning for a song um, when you transition from minion language into um, human language. Mm-hmm. How do you work out what you want to sing about? What what kind of feelings or emotions or subjects you want to articulate? Usually there are a couple of words and the feeling is already there. But then, uh, like Andre, who's in the band, he usually helps me and creates this um, create this concept in the song. So uh, yeah, we we usually do that together. Mm. So it's more of a group. Um, yeah. creation rather than just one person emoting. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. We usually do it together, me and Andre. So we were going to have a listen to Don't Let Me Go, which is another one of the songs from the album. That, And this is one that, you know, in comparison to some of the others where, you know, there's a big atmospheric beginning. You know, we kind of launch straight in, in a way, with Don't Let Me Go, with the vocal. Yeah, I think the the demo of this tune is like just a just a total bop, and you sort of can't not dance to it. So definitely never wanted to lose that. Mm. Um, That's your favorite it? one, isn't it? Don't let me go is is, <laughs> is my highlight. It's it's just a tune, I think. Um, and it was it was one of the last ones we did, I think, and mm. it just came together really I rem- quickly. Mm. I remember the moment when it kind of clicked, and it was just like. Yes. Anel's <laughs> <laughs> just punched the air. <laughs> yeah. But you heard this demo, so let's hear the demo if you yeah, have it. It's cool. Please don't ever let me go. Cause I don't want to like that. <laughs> <laughs> Minion like. You're looking at me differently. I mean, the vibe is there. Yeah. I don't want to like that. So like a lot of this, like the the vibes there, and 
I think for, for me it feels like just a little bit, um, I guess like a bit brittle and I kind of wanted it to feel sexier. Yeah. Like that smoother feel. And also the beat's cool, that dun, dun, but it, it just stays. And I think that this was maybe a song like some of your demos sort of a like verse chorus and then stop <laughs> a bit. Yeah. And it was sort of figuring out how we um, yeah, continue the rest of the song. And I usually write eight. like one and a half minute and then I stop, go to the next one. Yeah. Like boring. <laughs> and one and a half minute, okay, next one. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people listen to music these days. Isn't it? Yeah. It's true. It's a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, Margaret, we need to just sit down and actually finish this. Yeah. Yeah. So moving from the demo, did you build it all back up from scratch or did you take elements of that that you could use as a base? Um, I used a lot of the elements from the demo. I think that so much of it's there and it's like if it's not broken it's like it's, it sounds wicked there's yeah. no point it's like I don't think I'm ever setting out to like be like make a Brett Cox production and I'm there to make like <laughs> a Verk album yeah um yeah, I, lots of the time there'll be stuff from the demo that I really like and it's like maybe we'll try and replicate it but if there's no point flogging a horse to try and f- to try and find that again mm. um, we did re-record vocals um, and just and then just embellished from there just like built built the beat up slowly mm-hmm. um, sort of pulled the beat apart a bit yeah. added some extra percussion added you some played some really really sweet guitar they're so good. Thank you. <laughs> well, we should hear how you assembled all this, I think. Sure. So, sort of at the start was sort of taking out the beat and just really focusing on the lyrics. This is recorded on the, on the C12, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that your mate built. Yeah. Yeah. And all the snares, I think, I sampled all the switches in the room and stacked them together. Um, wow. So... I'm intrigued. It's just on, on all the gear. Right. And and Aina did some finger clicks as well. And the type machine. There, there's a typewriter in yeah, it as well. Writer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which has like a bit of a shiny... Oh. So crunchy. And then I sort of bedded that in with this was the original beat. Um, so yeah, just adding the little those elements of things together. So it has some like build over time instead of being constant. Yeah, let's hear more of that. This is an Andre Sachs pad. Right, in the background. For some reason, the image in my head for this song is always like when you drop something in water, but not violently, but like if you saw it on, in mute, like the, like the way the ripples come out around the pond. That's, that's what those So that's where the guitar comes in. So, so these are the pebbles that you're dropping into the yeah. pond. Yeah. 
feel like I might regret that. <laughs> no, I sure. think it's a great description, actually. Yeah, it is. And I was having a real fad with like a really soft clap, as you can hear throughout this album. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the soft clap. Yeah. And this is, oh, we just missed it. But this is where Margaret tells me to shut up. Oh, let's hear that again. replicate the guitar live so we're in Oslo and you're performing later um, Oslo Hackney London um, just in case people think we might be sat somewhere in the city of Oslo in Norway um, how do you get the guitar when you play these songs live you know, is that part of the sax pad now or is that <laughs> <laughs> you've got a guitar oh, you've yeah, got, got, a, you've got, got right guitar. so you're playing the guitar no no I'm just singing in this one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You do play guitar in some songs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But none this one. It, like, I don't know if you've ever seen them live, but like, they're a total force. It's, yeah. It's so good. I think that was maybe part of um, why I felt like the, your previous EPs were quite electronic mm-hmm. and that it was sort of like a shame to miss out on them, mm. like live a bit. I think it was, yeah, a real, you know, they're all really talented and I feel like the records were sort of, missing they weren't demonstrating that as as much i thought it was really strange because like brett had never seen us play live yeah. and throughout the the recording of this album you know he never saw us perform live just youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't until we were in on our last tour uh, basically straight after this album came out we were doing I think one of the last shows on that tour in Paris. Paris Brett was yeah. living in Paris at the time and he came to the show and beforehand we were so nervous. <laughs> we were we were like, Oh my god, Brett is gonna be here, he's gonna hate like he's gonna hate <laughs> everything. Like and then He made me sound like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit, like we made all these changes for the live set, you know, to these songs. Mm. Um that Brett had been working on for months, you know, <laughs> and then Brett was like, "Yeah, it was great. Like, I love the changes." And yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. But that's yeah. the interesting thing because you know you have a great live reputation. You are a force when you perform live, and yet, um, I guess what I'm getting at is what you never thought of doing it the other way around. So, performing, learning how to perform the songs live, and then recording them like that because there is a difference in them. Yeah, I think partly because we were building these songs up from dot essentially that it was a way of writing and then um we did use some live elements like i got the guys together in the live room at greenhouse and we set all up and we put anar in a cupboard (laughs) um (laughs) because margaret wanted a really tight drum sound she didn't want she didn't want any room so we found the smallest room we could um and stuck anar in it and so there is there is live moments in there but yeah, I think that now these songs have been toured, mm. that they've 
when I listen to them live, I'm like, shit, I wish I did that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> it brings a, a whole other element to it, doesn't it? Which is quite interesting. I mean, in terms of um, how you started the band and the backgrounds of the individual members when you started the band as, as musicians. So, Margaret, you sing, but uh, you also play piano, you play guitar. I mean, it, in terms of... of becoming a musician how did you how do you see yourself you know are you a singer are you a pianist are you a guitarist and Aina are you do you think of yourself as as the drummer as the percussionist or you know are these other elements that or the monitoring engineer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Andre plays sax but obviously you know he, he does other things too I mean how do you see the group in in those more traditional terms like yeah that's a, that's a difficult answer I mean like we are kind of we're all so experimental. We like to like play around with things. And I mean, Einar is a great, great bassist. And mm. Andre is playing saxophone and he makes electronic beats. And he likes also to play on the bass. And I love just, yeah, we love playing around. And like, I haven't, like the past years, I haven't been looking at myself as just a singer. Mm. That hasn't been my lead focus. But now kind of like, there, like saying to me, yeah, you're the lead singer, you're in the front. You're the front. You're man. the front of the band. Yeah. So I'm like, now, like, okay, I'm a, I'm a singer. All right. <laughs> You've always been an excellent front man, woman, person, front person. Front person. Like, I think you're really engaging to watch. Thank and I think, you. yeah. And do you think that maybe it, it helps um, what becomes Verk by mm -hmm. not having such. Um, delineated roles in the band you know you're not you're not specifically obviously you're saying you you feel that you've become the singer and the front mm -hmm. person yeah. but almost by default because you were creating this music together i think we're like we we all have sort of like um like a producer mindset i don't think we really think out of like i'm a drummer i'm just thinking about the drums and yeah. that also creates sometimes some tension yeah as you can have too many chefs in the in the kitchen but it also allows for like a lot of opinions and a lot of like, you know, making um, like sacrifices, making, um, you know, you, you're meeting in the middle in some places and sometimes you don't have an opinion and then you also got to know when like not to have an opinion about something. Mm. And, yeah. It's interesting. And I guess that's where Brett comes in, you know, as the external producer, you, yeah. the band all have producer mindsets, but an external producer can bring another voice of reason or, or, maybe have almost permission because he's not in the band to be able to say hang on a minute maybe we'll drop that out and maybe we'll just focus on this in this section so so that it, so it sounds i mean obviously you've got a great relationship for the recording of the record but it sounds as if you know it it, it was important to to find that in order to to find the album in a way mm -hmm. you know yeah it's really we definitely healthy. needed Brett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, yeah. thanks so much for coming in and meeting us backstage before the show. I mean, obviously, pre-show time is important. Preparation, mental, physical, you know, there's probably a food intake cutoff point and, and all <laughs> that you have to take into account. It's been brilliant to uh, be able to record this conversation here backstage at Oslo in Hackney with the atmosphere uh, given us by the air conditioning, the occasional rumble <laughs> of the train in the background, um, which I think did fit in nicely because of you know, did, the atmospheres that you know, you're all about in a way, yeah. you know, capturing. I think we would have put a mic on it. If yeah. it, if it <laughs> so good. And we should play a little bit of, of a fully realized tune now um, to, to say farewell. 
Um, thank you. And I want to thank Brett again uh, for wanting to work with us. It was an amazing experience. Experience. I'd like to thank you for having me because it was incredible. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank and thanks for so having much. us. A pleasure. Thank a you, real John. pleasure to be able to talk to you. What are we going to hear? I'm sure. Shall I play Polar again? Yeah. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review, tell your friends about us, and make sure you're subscribed so you can enjoy the latest episodes when they're released. Take Notes is brought to you by In The Woods. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, plus check out their barn sessions on YouTube. All links are in the episode description. Until next time, I'm John Kennedy, and thanks for listening.